with a look back over the weekend sports action. This is Full Time on KCLR with Sinead Kyo. Welcome along to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday evening. Uh, before I start the show, I just want to pass on my sincere uh, condolences to everyone in Mooncoin, the family and the friends uh, affected by the death of Vicky Phelan. Um, so just coming up on the show now today, we do have lots coming up between now and seven o'clock. We're going to be having a look back on uh, Shamrock's uh, huge win over Castletown of West Mead in the Leinster Championship. You'll be hearing from Richie Reid there and of course the manager Pat Hoban as well. You're also going to hear from a man named Daniel Davey uh, on the impo- importance of nutrition for top performing athletes. He's an author and nutritionist that's coming up in part two of the show and we'll hear from Grace Walsh Kilkenny, Camogie player on her participation in the Plant the Planets Games taking place in Kenya in a couple of days time. But first I'm delighted to be joined on the line now to talk about St Mullins huge uh, win well big win um, in terms of of, of Carlo Hurlan um, very very small margins in that game but win over Wexford side Ferns St Aidens uh, so I am joined now on the line by KCLR analyst uh, Terence Kelly Terence, how are you doing? Terence, Hello Hi yeah, Terence. Yeah, how hello. are you? Hello Hello, Sinead. I'm grand. I'm grand, Sinead. I'm good. Good, good. It's been a while since we chatted on the show. Uh, Terence, I hope you're keeping well. I am, I am indeed, yeah. After beating a Wexford team yesterday. (laughs) I knew you'd bring that up. (laughs) Uh, Asher, look, if we had to go down to to any team, I'm glad it's a Carlo team anyway. Um, But look, great scenes there in Netwatch, Cullen Park yesterday, Terence. Um, As I mentioned there in the intro, it's it's not only good for St Mullins, but I think for Carlo Harlan as a whole, it's, it's a huge positive. Yeah, it's a huge positive. You know, Hurling was the winner. This was a great game. This was an absolute great game. And, you know, Ferrans contributed mighty, you know, to the great game also. It was a great game. And I'm just saying, St. Mullins had to dig deep and, uh, you know, to get out in the end by two pints in a game that was... Um, you can talk from the you know from the throwing. It was it was a classy holding match, yeah. Yeah, and like you know, you could be forgiven for predicting that the game might be a little bit stale because it was fourteen weeks since uh, Wexford had their county final. Um, you know they were playing St Martin's there in the county final fourteen weeks ago and thirteen weeks ago. Sorry, the other way around actually. But it was three months actually since the two the the two finals uh, took took place in in Carlow and Wexford. But uh, both teams seemed very fresh there yesterday yeah I was in the dressing room with both teams before the match and uh, you know parents this is the first time in Leinster it's the first time to win a uh, county title and uh, you know they were really really excited about getting into Leinster and uh, you know for St. Mullins they've been they've won many titles and uh, they got to the Leinster final like you know a couple of years ago and listen they're, they're a really good club St. Mullins and uh, you know like they were up for it but there was nothing between them in the end St. Mullins Possibly could have been a little more ahead at half time. It ended up at half time one six to um, one six at uh, twelve points. But uh, you know, St. Mullins had a couple of goal chances in the first half. Uh, John Dyle got through, and he he kind of got caught with the ball just nearly on the goal line. Uh, Jason O'Neill got through. He had a great chance, and he was slightly hooked. 
but you know over the hour they were probably a slightly better team but you know that full time whistle couldn't come quick enough in the end No definitely not and you'd, you'd think actually uh, Terence even if another two three minutes had been added on easily Ferns could have got the victory there it was really nip and tuck for the entire game wasn't it? Yeah, it was like oh, the last the last five minutes, you know, sounded really long, right? But you know, as I said, the same ones were listen they died with their boots on. They were brilliant, and you know, there was youngsters coming into that team, and uh, you know, there's some old players on the team. You know, Jack Cabinet, don't mind me saying he's old, but like, and he had the game of his life. Jack was a corner forward on the same ones team in the 2006 final, and he scored two two. Marty he is no nationwide also and Marty had a great game he scored 12 11 from place balls and out those 11 threes God, there was a lot of them a long way out very difficult angles but you know Marty is Marty it was the Marty show like you know from place balls it was brilliant you know and oh. had a youngster in the half back line there and I was very very impressed a man with a great Gaelic games name Paddy O'Shea <laughs> you know this chap this chap you know the first five minutes he was maybe trying to you know feel uh, you know the pace of the game, but he powered into that game, and I was hugely impressed with young Paddy O'Shea. I thought he, had, he you know, I thought he had a cracking game. But you know, like Ferns, Ferns had uh, two corner forwards there, you know, caused lots of problems. Dermot Island, Johnny Dwyer scored five points on play between them, and uh, you know they were very, very fast players. And uh, you know, for the two cornerbacks, John Dwyer and Paddy Kehoe, had their hands full. Yeah, and just looking ahead now to two weeks' time, uh, Terence, they're going to be playing Kilmacud Crokes. How do you see that one going? Well, listen, Cooler, the only team in Dublin like that have a good record in you know in in Leinster. Different teams in Dublin have promised a lot, but they haven't. I remember a couple of years ago, Paddy Borden came down here like to play Rangers, and remember some people you know just asking the question, like, you know, are they going to give a decent game? You know, and uh, I'd fancy them on this big time. They're, they're, you know, they'll, they'll die for their club. They are very, very passionate about their things, about, like about their game. And they have, a, they have a really good panel. They brought on a player yesterday, Oshin Ryan. Now, this chap has been on the fringe for a few games. Uh, this chap came in, you know, in the heat of the battle, and he got a free, and he gave a pass for a score. And, you know, for a couple of the big names that have played so well, John Doyle would from that probably wouldn't have won the semi-final again, Ballinkill, and he had a mighty game. And uh, Jason O'Neill scored 2-6 in the final. And for those two players yesterday, it wasn't their best day. You know, and they're two highly, highly talented players. But, you know, to have a few good subs to come in, Seamus Murphy came in, possibly wasn't tight to a free when he came in. But a young, young um, you know, it's a young team uh, with the exception of a couple of old players but in general like, they'll, you know they're, they're so passionate they're, they love their game they love their club and you know they're you know they're a great team to be following and I was just talking to, to Kane the head of sport um, about just how huge an achievement this is for St Mullins and look I know that they've they've been in this position many times before competing in Leinster but um, to, to get past the Wexford team when you look at Wexford and the amount of clubs that they have it's over 60 clubs that they have in Wexford and then uh, where Harlan is concerned in Carlo you're talking about a handful of clubs so to have reached those heights and to con- continue to to compete with the, the best clubs in the country it's just phenomenal and I, I'm sure as a Carlo man you're very proud of what they have achieved Well I am of course I am like we've only six clubs you know Wexford has a huge county and in fairness the the club our learned club championship started in 1971 and Wexford have one success 
in that many years. You know, both for Sally Greaves, I don't know Rafa. I think that was in 1989, I think. But, and, uh, you know, for a county that has had some massive teams and, you know, some great individual county players. But, you know, for Carlo, as I said, not because I'm from Rangers. Rangers were not learned in Intermediate in 2012 and they got to the All-Ireland final in 2014. As a ranger, I live beside St. Mullins, you'd have to envy him, like, going to Crow Park, like, you know, in two weeks' time. It's a fantastic day for the area. It's a fantastic day for their families and for the club. Honest to God, I honestly hope to have a great day. You know, as I said, it's a day in years to come Well, they'll remember. As I said, for us, it's 12 years ago. It's 10 years ago now since we were there, like, um, as an intermediate team. And... It's a great feeling. At the time, you don't realise like, how important it is. But for St. Morris now, they're going there in, you know, in two weeks' time, uh, next Sunday week. And uh, it's a great day. And, you know, as I said, for the whole parish, for everybody around the place. And as a car person, I'd love to see him doing so well. And do you think, Terence, that just, just looking, reflecting on, on yesterday's game, was it uh, St Mullins' experience competing in Leinster that really stood to them? Like you look at Farns, it was there, you know, only only a couple of months back they um, they, they achieved their very first county victory in, in Wexford and they just don't have that um, experience competing within the province. Uh, do, do you think that, that that was kind of the, the edge that St Mullins had over them? Yeah, well, listen, they have been, like, you know, oh God, the Ferns are very good. There was nothing between them, really, to could play one other, you know, an excellent and, uh, and Ferns could win, like, you know, it, it was that kind of a game. Like, Ferns were excellent for the world. But Sam Mullins, it's their will to win. That's a young lad's kind of throwing their body where it was dangerous to put your hurl. You know, in the end, there was one point in it, there was a look under at the far side of the field where the old press box was and uh, two Ferns players kind of rose the ball kind of lost the ball and young Connor Kehoe this lad is only a young lad kind of got into the scrum and brought the ball out and then he was fouled which there was only a point in it at the time and uh, had Ferns got down the field they could have got an equaliser but from the resulting mall as I said young Connor came out he got that free and Marty put two points between him you know, that was such a relief. But, you know, still not the last couple of minutes are extremely long, like, you know, as I said, that the experience, like Jack had an exhibition. He was doing sweeper. He was doing sweeper. I was a little surprised that with Paul Morrison and Ferns, he got to go on the pint, but he kind of played and out around the middle of the field. He got to go now. It was Tom Dial or um, um, Paul Dial, the fullback. He was caught in a situation. It was two against one, and he had to meet the other man. And, you know, he, it, was, it was flicked into Paul Morrison. He put it in the back of the net. But overall, uh, the will to win from St. Mons was it was unbelievable, like you know. But you know, as I said, they're a, they're a very passionate team. They're a hugely passionate. So there is and but for a brilliant save from Kevin Kehoe, three or four minutes from you know from full time, it could have been Ferns as they. And by the way, Kevin gets married next Friday to Neve Ryan she's a girl from Sleeve Rue and we wish Kevin many years of health and happiness Absolutely um, listen it's been lovely chatting to you Terence and uh, we're we're eagerly awaiting that clash there with Kilmacud Crokes in, in two weeks time but listen thanks for your, your time and it's lovely having you back on the airwaves again We I, I had missed our chats on air I have to say uh, but thanks so much Terence and I'll be chatting to oh, you again listen, soon Yes and hopefully you'll be chatting to me before the Leinster final okay. Definitely thanks Terence <laughs> Thanks Sinead Thanks that that was uh, Terence Kelly there. Uh, he's an analyst with uh, KCLR, the KCLR Sports team. I'm going to take a quick ad break now. Coming up after the break, you're going to hear from Pat Hoban and Richie Reid. 
full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, LaHartsVolkswagen.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Uh, now, as you may have heard, Shamrocks had a huge win over Castletown of Westmead in the Leinster Championship over the weekend. Uh, 5.25 to 15 points that game ended. And Martin Quilty caught up with Richie Reid after the game and here's what he had to say. Richie Reid, would you class that as an easy win against Castletown Gagan in your semi-final? You were really awesome in that game. Yeah, we did. Um, in fairness to the lads putting a serious score there on the scoreboard. Um, we wanted to come to putting performance, really, more than that. And I wasn't going out there to bait with so many points, Stratton. But for the team, I like, to get performance in. And I think the lads did it up front. I think, though, that shows the respect that you have for the opposition because you were relentless in your attack. Every time you went down, you were getting a score with it. And it just goes to show that you don't really take anyone for granted. No, you can't really take anyone for granted. We saw last year, like, we literally came close to getting knocked out in the uh, Leinster semi-final. Um, so this year, like, it's really concentrating on every team that we're playing in Leinster. And, um, and look, we're looking forward to the semi-final there in two weeks. Any day that you can play without the brother on the team as well and put up a huge score like that. The lads that would come in, like Killy and Corcoran in particular, around midfields instead of Paddy, like they're really putting their hands up for a certain spot the next day. Yeah, they are. In fairness, like we speak about the squad there, and there's a panel of young lads coming through there. And it's like if the lads are missing their TJ and Paddy are missing there today, and it's the lads that get their chance when they when they come on there. And fairness to Killian, he got three or four points there today, and Niall Shartle there as well, like they took the chances. You're probably not talking about last year in the dressing room as well but how much do you really want to get back to Crow Park again next year? Yeah, no, we haven't spoken about it once it's just about the next game really and look, we look forward to semi-final there in two weeks in uh, Crow Park against Nice Be nice to get back to Crow Park again? It will be nice, yeah we sweet one out to get back there yeah. so it'll be semi-final and then hopefully Leinster final then there again You were obviously away on the holiday as well for a, a couple of weeks with the, the team Yeah Enjoyed hope. yourselves? Yeah, we did I have a nice old time a bit of a colour there already so I was back, flew back in there Friday morning so all gears ahead now for the Leinster semi-final Well, we wish you the very best luck and Thanks, Richie. Cheers, thanks. That was Shamrock's hurler, Richie Reid, there speaking to Martin Quilty. Martin also caught up with Shamrock's manager, Pat Hoban. Pat Hoban, you're a happy man after that easy victory, I suppose we could call it, over Castletown Gagan. But in fairness to you, you were relentless and you can only play what's in front of you, but you were awesome today. Yeah, look, I suppose the scoreline a little bit harsh on, 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 on Castletown Gagan. I think, to be honest, the goals were the big difference right from the start. We got two goals early on. Uh, they had a lot of possession, they had a lot of ball, they had seven or eight wides in the first half, which could have kept it a bit closer. Like, we came out, we had a bit of a breeze in our back second half, and we were here in other games. I mentioned in the dressing room, we were here against Glenmore, we had a very good first half. We didn't push on, and we said, look, we've got to just drive on and drive on. And to be fair, once we got the first goal, I think the boys just opened it up, and they were, they were excellent after that. You had a few weeks break from your county final win, and obviously there were boys away on holidays and that. How were the preparations gone for it? Because from looking at you today, it didn't like you were hampered at all at all. Yeah, look, uh, we 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 trained we, we we trained as normal. You know, everybody trained who could be there. Obviously, the Kilkenny lads were away and on a deserved holiday, and I'm sure they enjoyed themselves. But to be fair to them, now they did a lot of work on holidays. Well, that's what they told me anyway. But, uh, um, so no, they're only back. We got them back 
back in the field Wednesday night, a bit rusty, but uh, trained again on Friday. And these guys are professional in their approach, you know. So um, once they got going, you could see the first couple of minutes were a bit sluggish, but once they opened up, they, they, they got back into their stride. Come here to me, any day you can start a game without TJ Reid in the full forward line and still rack up 5.25. It's a good day for yourselves, but a couple of the players that came in and started, like Sonia Shortle and especially Killian Corker, and out around the middle of the field as well, they're putting their hands up for the next day. Yeah, no, like... The- I suppose part of any team and every team and particularly in a club team you, have, you know you have tight numbers uh, and throughout the league and throughout the championship uh, we've, we've used a good number of players we're conscious of getting lads in they're two very good young lads and they stepped in there late in the day and they really grabbed their chance When you have forwards like Owen Cody Colin Fenley down there as well Owen scoring 2-10 today unbelievable uh, you know I mean when you have that kind of experience in there it certainly sets you out and makes you put down a marker for the championship Hopefully, look, uh, the next game is Nace now. That's, that's that's the semi-final. I went to see him play yesterday. They, they again, racked up a lot of scores. Uh, you know, we more man over them. I'm sure he'll know, he'll know everything that there is about the Shamrocks. He'll have a plan for that. So we'll just take one step at a time. Getting back to Crow Park, I suppose, after last year's defeat as well as somewhere that you want to be. And I know you're not thinking too much of the defeat from last year as well, but how much would it mean to get back to the All-Ireland final again? Yeah, look, there's a lot of hurdles there. And I think the Leinster champions are due to play the Munster champions in the semi-final so uh, just one step at a time I mean that's going to be an awesome game next week with Ballygunner and the Piercing. Uh so if you were lucky enough to get a, to get that far I think that, that would be a serious challenge Just a, a quick one on TJ you didn't have to use him today he was tugged out though on the sideline all okay? Yeah, I know he's carrying a bit of a knock there. He's been carrying it right through the season there. He's, he, he's been sort of having to mind himself and manage the injury. Today, uh, we made a decision to, to give him that break. He was ready to come in if, if needed. I think he even wanted to come in there, but uh, we, 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 uh, we, we held him back. When you have a fellow like TJ that wants to go in, I mean, he has to take some sort of a rest as well. So that wasn't an easy decision to lay him off. Ah, no, like, to be fair, like, we... we He's, you know, he's one of the best hurlers ever. But yeah, we have to manage the situation and and, and look down the line and please God, uh, as he normally does when you need him most, he stands up. Well, well done today on an outstanding performance, and we look forward to seeing you in the next day again, Nice. Thanks very much, Mark. Thank you. That was a Ballyhale Shamrocks manager Pat Hoven there talking to our very own Martin Quilty after that huge win for Shamrocks yesterday in the Leinster Championship. Don't go anywhere. After the break, we're going to be talking to Daniel Davy. He's an author and a nutritionist and he's going to be talking all about how you can improve your sporting performance through food. So do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by nutritionist and author Daniel Davy, who has worked with some of Ireland's greatest athletes to have them performing at their optimum level. His new book is Eat Up the Next Level, and I'm jo- delighted to be joined on the line by Daniel. Now, Daniel, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Delighted to, to have you on the show. Uh, before we start talking about your new book, can I just ask you, Daniel, where did this interest in nutrition, where did that stem from? Well, I, you know, it's only in the last couple of years, and I say a couple of years, certainly the last five years, that you fully begin to appreciate all the different influences 
So obviously, you know, your environment and your family and your friends and colleagues, and there's an awful lot of people all, all along the way that, that really influence your interest. But I suppose for me as, a, as a, a, a young, aspiring athlete, first off, I was always fascinated with human performance and I was interested in what may impact the body, whether it be speed, power, sport, just being stronger, all of those things. And from a very young age, I appreciated that nutrition had a major role to play. And, and for me, it was about sport. It was about being able to be at my best. And as it's grown, it's about it's been about helping other people understand its value too. Yeah, and Daniel, straight away when I heard about this book, uh, I really wanted to get you on the show because I feel like the book will appeal to so many people because I know a lot of athletes and I spoke to a lot of athletes obviously on, on this show um, and, and away from this show as well. And I think that, you know, I, I, so many people, they, they'll spend all day in the, the gym. They've no problem training uh, and, and they've no problem, you know, doing the physical work, but they really seem to struggle when it comes to their food and their nutrition so you know that that's something that people really want to get knowledge on and 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 more information on and why do you think that that's that's such a struggle for people well that is an absolutely brilliant leading question because i think that while nutrition principles are really straightforward and most people and energy comes from carbohydrate and protein comes from dairy and meat and fish and things like that for building muscle and report, uh, so recovery. There's a, an understanding then from, from a healthy fat perspective that we need it for our mood and hormone production, things like that. So there's, there's a very basic understanding and we all eat and we all enjoy food and it's, it's a, such a big part of our lives that I think the world we live in now is much more complex. So we have an over-provision of information. So everywhere you look, on your phone, on the TV, even now when you listen to the radio, you're hearing something different about nutrition. And that can create confusion. So 30 years ago, it was meat, potatoes, milk, eggs, and they were the only options. And believe it or not, that way of life led to better health, better optimization of energy. It, but it was it was simply what was provided, whereas now there's so much opportunity, there's so much information that it has led to that confusion. And what, what I'm really trying to do is make nutrition as accessible and as simple while still basing it on scientific evidence. Yeah, and I think the key word there is simple, isn't it? And, and, and it I'm, is. I'm sure that when clients come to you or anyone that has read the book or anyone that's interested in reading the book and, you know, they're, they're talking to you, I, I'm sure that you get that a lot, that they're looking for something that's simple. But do you think it's possible, Daniel, to have good, nutritious food, but still something that's easy enough to put, to put together? Well, I, I I wouldn't have written two recipe books if I didn't fully believe that. And, and I'm very, very honest about the fact that I'm not a chef, but I do know what ingredients are easy to get in any shop. Uh, and I do know a very basic approach when it comes to food. And I think it's about giving th- that information and those very simple recipes and meal ideas, which, you know, people are busy. People want things that are that we can put together relatively quickly. 
the big thing about this second book is I'm really asking people to, to change their mindset around food and see it as an investment in long-term health. And I'm speaking to athletes from the point of view of you would never, ever forget your football boots. Well, you might, uh, but somebody, you know, it's, it's one of those things that would happen in a blue moon. Whereas I'm saying your nutrition is second only to that. You will not reach your physical or mental potential if you're not taking nutrition seriously. So those are the kind of things I'm trying to make it simple. I'm trying to make it as, as accessible as possible through little stories and simple recipes. Just on that point there as well, um, and it is true, and I think more and more people are copping on to that now that, you know, as you said there, you won't reach your physical potential if you don't have your meal plans right, if you don't have your nutrition uh, on point. But does that attitude still exist? Do you think, Daniel, that, Asher, I don't have to worry about that. I, you know, I, I train so much. I don't need to, to worry about what I eat. Well, it's again, it's, a, it's another interesting one because I definitely, as a sports person myself, uh, you know, I would have come up against that type of attitude my whole life. And, and I really do actually think that it still exists. And I think that one of the biggest things that happens is that people think about their nutrition in phases of the year. So I, I run a nutrition business. Uh, just as a matter of pure curiosity, what do you think is the quietest months? Uh, the quietest months uh, for me for my business for well I'd say the busiest time is probably January um, but the quietest months summertime maybe no the quietest months are are these weeks because people are thinking about coming up to Christmas they're not really in the headspace of thinking about their health they're not really thinking about getting themselves physically in shape and believe it or not even when the sun is out and people are more active they're more likely to be engaging in in healthy uh, activities but this is some of the quietest time of the year and this is the kind of thing that we really need to break because it's not this all or nothing approach you know it's not the okay do you know what I'll think about it after Christmas and I, I very interesting I had a poll up on my from my uh, to my following only only last week, and I think it was something like sixty seventy percent of people are just not engaged or not really motivated around their health right now. And I have an engaged, healthy minded type of audience, so it's it's about building a little bit more consistency to your overall approach rather than breaking it down into the wedding, the holiday, January, um, you know, the Christmas or, or the, 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 you know, the, the short term things. We, we have to try and build a bigger picture. And yeah, that's that's interesting as well, and it's something that pe- a lot of people seem to struggle with with too is being consistent. Um, and I think that's that's key to, to overall, you know, good uh, a good healthy balanced life, lifestyle, uh, whether it be physical or, or what you're taking in, is just being consistent with it. But people do struggle with that, Daniel. Why do you think that is, or how can they overcome that? I, I think a big part of it is not really understanding what's driving inconsistency. So I'll give you a very quick example. People would come to me and they will want to focus on really specific things like improved physical performance or reducing their weight. And they will, come, they will hone in on that goal and they will hone in and they will obsess about it. But they won't focus on the actual process and they won't focus on all of the things that make them feel better uh, and and uh, and they and their energy levels and how they feel day to day 
what happens is in life we're exposed to stress fatigue tiredness we have work challenges we've all of these things and what happens is that we often get distracted by those things we're not fully conscious of what's driving uh, these emotions and we turn to food and and that's because we live in a world where we have access to these foods and we don't fully understand what's driving them but we have to think about those things in a little bit with a little bit more intention and attention. And that is, you know, it's funny, I'm getting great feedback around the recipes in my second book and, of course, the first one. But it is the the sections at the beginning of the book where I'm really trying to emphasize this is where the gold is. If you start thinking about this stuff differently, and I've shared lots of insights from athletes and how they build their consistency, like writing out clear, very simple non-negotiables and things that you're going to stick to, not things that are unrealistic. So that's, it's, it's building on those small little steps week by week. And we've heard them a thousand times, but until we engage in that process, it's very difficult to be consistent. Uh, just something else that when I was reading through the book, Daniel, that, um, you know, it just reminded me again, you know, sometimes when you're thinking about nutrition, like you mentioned there, you're thinking about how to build muscle or you're thinking mm. about, uh, you know, maybe losing body fat. But another key, um, you know, benefit of, of, of good nutrition is just how it helps to heal the body. And I think a lot yeah, of time with, with, with athletes, they might get injured. They might be out for a couple of months, maybe uh, a couple of months, maybe two a year and sometimes there's the tendency then to maybe put on a little bit of weight or or just kind of you know not be as consistent with their diet but it was a good reminder actually just looking through the book that it's key really to recovery of, of injury yeah. as well good nutrition yeah yeah i i yeah i i i think out of everything that i've learned and focused on over the past five years nutrition for injury recovery is the space i'm most excited about and the thing that i feel has grown in my own skill set the most and that's come from a collaboration with physios and SNC coaches and, and, and medics where we've actually looked at injuries like ACL injuries and leg breaks and reconstructions and the shoulder and all of these things and we've seen that if you get your nutrition right over those weeks and months while you're rehabbing you can shorten the time that, that the recovery is supposed to be so you can shorten the return to play time mm. And like that's what every athlete wants to hear. I was just going to say, yeah, that's that's literally what every athlete is aiming for to shorten that time where they're they're not on the pitch or they're not in the ring or whatever their their discipline or their sport is. Exactly, and in my experience, it's the time when athletes are most inconsistent because they're out of their routine because they may be on crutches or because they, they're not being selected. And, and it's an, if you can flip that as a person, as an athlete, we're speaking a lot about athletes, but you know, there's lots of people out there that may need hip replacements or need surgery on their knee. I know my mother has trouble with her knee. And little things like getting good structure around your nutrition and having those basic exercises that you're focusing on, it can have a huge impact on how you're feeling and your energy levels and your mindset. 
Daniel, something else I wanted to ask you as well. I know that you've worked with professional athletes and you've worked with amateur athletes as well. But uh, here in, in Kilkenny and in Carlow, you know, two big GAA counties. Um, do you find like with, with amateur athletes, I suppose the, the, the big distinction is that uh, with uh, professional uh, sports people, they have a lot more downtime. Whereas if you're amateur, you're, you're also holding down a full time job as well. It's maybe that little bit more challenging to um, be be very strict with your your nutrition. Is that something that you find? Well, the amazing thing about the GAA is that it is only amateur in name in, in, in terms of the attitudes and mindset and the focus and attention. And there's no way you would have the type of success that you know you would have seen in Kilkenny and some of the sports teams in Carlow as well. You just wouldn't have it if there wasn't that focus and attention to detail. So it is more challenging, but the GAA athletes, in my experience, have been absolutely phenomenal at getting the information, getting their plans, getting their structures. And, you know, you see a lot of amateur athletes, GAA athletes have to travel a lot. You'll see the bag um, of snacks in the back seat or the water in the boot. Uh, you'll see that they're not going into petrol stations and picking up what they should be eating pre-training. They've got something... You know, you know, at some dinner from the night before, it could be a pasta dish, a rice dish, a potato dish, and that they're really actively thinking about it. Now, let's be honest, it's not every single athlete, but there is definitely a, an awareness of if you want to compete at the top level. And, and when I say compete at the top level, and we've talked a lot about athletes, I mean anybody. I mean in your job, in your work, whether it's a 5K, whether it's a 10K, whether it's just improving in, improving in the gym. These are the fundamental principles. It's, it's that structure and identifying what's really important in your schedule that you need to be prepared for. Absolutely. Um, listen, it's been an absolute pr- pleasure speaking to you today, Daniel, and um, so much information uh, can, can be taken from, from this conversation and indeed from the book as well. Um, and that book is out now, am I right in saying that? It, it is, it is. I'm absolutely thrilled so far with the response. You can get it in any of the good bookstores and you can get it online. Uh, and, and just a word to you to thank you for bringing me on and asking me such a really good question. Thank oh, you. Thanks so much, Daniel. Um, I, We'll we'll chat to you again uh, another time. I'd I'd love to have you back on on That'd the show again. Thanks, Thanks very much. Time. That was uh, Daniel Davy. There, he is the author of Eat Up the Next Level. Uh, I'm going to take a quick ad break now. Coming up after the break, we are going to be speaking to Grace Walsh. So do stay tuned for that. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by Kilkenny Camogie player Grace Walsh. Uh, she is involved with the plant the. Uh, um, sorry, it's the Plant the Planet um, games that's happening over in Kenya, actually, in a couple of days' time. Grace is on the line with me now. How are you, Grace? Hello, Sinead. How Hi. Are you? Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, no problem. Um, sorry, do I have the name right? It's Plant the Planet, isn't it? And it's yeah, happening over exactly. in, in Kenya in a couple of days' time, actually. So you're probably going to be heading over there very soon. Yes, yeah. Um, I'm actually, my cousin Miriam is getting married on Friday um, and I'm honoured to be one of her bridesmaids. So I'm going uh, a day late, a day later than everyone else. So I'm, I'm heading there on Sunday. Um, so lots of organisation to do now uh, this week. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. I can imagine. Um, and I know that Paul Murphy, uh, another Kilkenny person, is also involved um, in this. So there's 50 GAA players altogether travelling over. Is that right? 
and is there going to be just one game or is it a couple of exhibition games to raise funds for um, uh, the, the, you're, you're aiming to uh, plant one million trees over in Africa um, and there's 50 of you uh, flying over is that right? Yeah so there's at least 50 I'd say there could be actually more than 50 now at this stage and um, yeah Paul Murphy is, is coming as well which is great um, so it's nice to represent have two people representing Kilkenny but um, yeah the aim is to plant one million trees um, each player has committed themselves to uh, raise 10,000 euro each um, um, for the trip um, that will go towards self-help Africa um, so it's it's an incredible opportunity um, I suppose personally I always want to do some sort of charity work um, I probably thought it was going to be down the, the lines of, of um, my own career in nursing um, but when I got the call to, to ask to be part of this trip um, I suppose it was an opportunity I couldn't turn down and um, really looking forward to I suppose hopefully making a change to, to uh, many lives of, of um, people that are, are probably a lot less fortunate to us than us and um, also I suppose um, helping, helping our planet at the same time so um, yeah looking forward to it now Yeah and is it going to be just one game Grace or will there be a couple of games over the course of the week that you're there? So um, no, it's just there's, there's going to be two games. There's going to be a hurling, a hurling and camogie match, and there's going to be a football match as well. So we'll have a, a bit of a mix. Um, and uh, I know there's a plan to meet the the um, there's a, a guy over there, brother Colm, that that trains the Kenyan athletes. Um, I know there's a plan to do a session with him um, in the early hours of the morning at um, high altitude. So that should be uh, exciting as well. But um, yeah, it'll be a historic event. Um, it'll be the first ever um, GA or Camogie or whatever um, game in 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 uh, Kenya. So something definitely to look forward to. Um, and I know that the the um, people over there uh, apparently anyway they're looking forward to to meeting us and and um, I suppose watching the game as well. So it'll be great. Yeah, and I know that you were saying there um, a few minutes ago as well that it's something that you always wanted to get involved uh, in was humanitarian work, and it's it's you know it's one of the benefits of of um, being involved in sport and especially at the elite level that you get these opportunities, um, you know, to, to to help out in um, in countries such as uh, such, such as um, Africa, and uh, to do that work, it's it's a huge opportunity, and I'm sure it's something that you're delighted to be involved in. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose it was something that was always in the back of my mind, but probably was never active and, and going about how to how I'd actually do it. So because uh, playing Camogie with, with Kenny has given me th- this opportunity, it's incredible. And I think sometimes we forget the privileged position that a lot of us are in. And I suppose we take for granted sometimes, um, you know, many of us have a bed sleeping at night, food on the table, water that we can drink. And you know, there are things that we take for granted and um, those th- things, I suppose, that are probably very small to us are, are luxuries to to a lot of people and many people around the world and um, I suppose it, it's great to be able to uh, raise this money to go on this trip to plant the trees and to improve the lives of people that are not smart enough to do that for themselves and I suppose I wasn't really aware of, of planting trees kind of when I heard it first I kind of laughed a little bit I didn't really know how, how that would really benefit but there, there's huge benefits to trees and 
Um, do you know they provide nutrition to to families? They provide shelter. We for, we forget that the heat that they have over there. They need some shade um, from fr- from the sun, and um, it's an income as well. And and not only that, but it actually is is helping helping with climate change and um, something that a lot of people and I definitely wasn't really aware is that the communities that we're visiting, they contribute only 4%, around 4% to climate change and they're the worst affected and like uh, that's massive and and for us to plant these trees it's setting off 600 uh, tons of carbon um, which hopefully will will have a, have a big effect for them and um, do you know it's brilliant to be able to do that to have uh, I suppose to help in any way that we can but to not only provide n- nutritional and uh, support and income for families and it's like thousands of families for years to come and probably beyond our years um, and, and as well as that the money is going towards providing training uh, for for the communities to plant to help them uh, know how to plant trees and how to look after them as well and um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be a historic event. Um, so it's great to be to be able to do it and to be aware mm-hmm. and to I suppose make other people aware of of what actually is going on in parts of the world that we, that we just don't know about. Yeah, well, look, we we wish you all the the, the best. It's a fantastic uh, project, um, and hopefully, maybe we'll get to to catch up with you um, at, when when you get back as well. But uh, thanks so much for that, Grace, and and all the best with your trip over to Kenya. Yeah, thank thanks so much. Thank, thank you. Thank that was uh, Grace Welsh there. She's uh, going over on a, um, over to Kenya for the Plant the Planet uh, project in a couple of days' time. That's all we have time for on the show today. I hope you enjoyed full time. Uh, I won't be back next week, but the week after for more uh, sporting chat. So do join me then. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie.